Marketing, entrepreneurship, and all things small business. You're listening to the Profit 911 Podcast. Now, here's your host, Justin Miller. All right, we are back with episode nine of the Profit 911 Podcast, how random acts of marketing are killing your business. So there's there's a lot to unpack in this one, Kevin. There always is. <laughs> That's like your first line. There's a lot to unpack here today. No, no, we have some that are lighthearted. Um, next, uh, next week's pretty... Well, no, it's not. The one after that's pretty lighthearted. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, some are lighthearted, some are more. This one this one does have some some meat to it, too. There is, you wouldn't think that uh, not knowing what you're doing or just being random in your marketing would be a huge detriment, but turns out that's probably the case. Well, okay, so it's going to depend on your business type. And if you've listened to me for a while, you know I deal with marketing-based businesses. So in that case, marketing is the lifeblood of the business. Not that the service provided to the customer is secondary, but without the marketing, it doesn't exist or enough of it doesn't exist, if that makes sense. Yeah. So we'll just jump in. So some of the, some of the sins I see when we start unpacking people's companies and we, we really drive from lead flow all the way through customer and beyond and look at the processes. Kind of the number one thing I find is stop and go marketing. Meaning we market, we get customers, then we stop marketing and we serve the customers. And then when we're done providing the service, uh-oh, we don't have customers again, so we start marketing again. Yeah, I'm kind of guilty of that. Yeah, well, I think we, we all are to an extent. You gather a ton of customers. Well, for me, a lot of our customers come in seven months out of the year, so you get really busy taking care of people. And then it, you're right, it can't be an afterthought where you're like, oh, hey, I should start marketing again because now I need to build up that list. Right. And I think it's the the smaller the company is, the more of a problem this is. So if you're a solopreneur, there's only so much time in the day. You know, likely you market, you get the customer, and then you don't have time for marketing anymore because you're actually serving. Like literally, you may have a time constraint, which is the topic we'll discuss a little more next week, how to get around that. Um, But, you know, if it's just you, there's only so many hours to the day and and it's stop, go. The problem is that follows people further than it should. You know, as the company sees traction and there's customers and we know that there's more leads out there and we're not getting them or we're not following up consistently because we don't feel we have to right now. You know, as that grows, it it stunts the growth of the company. I mean, you, you can only go so big with stop and go. Um, yeah, seasonal, you, you know, obviously an excuse seasonal, but you know, we know the season's coming up every year. Yeah, it's not a surprise <laughs> when it happens. And in reality, even when you're seasonal, like it's not like we don't have business this time of year. You get uh, an occasional holiday party or you have a one-off Halloween party that needs a photo booth. But you're right, it, it, just because you're not chock full every weekend doesn't mean there isn't work to be had. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that's stop and go. And, you know, the seasonal, there's always more seasons too. If you haven't noticed, we have like 8 million made up holidays. <laughs> they yeah. work, work pretty well for marketing. Um, the next biggest thing I'll see is, is spray and pray marketing. Now, do you know what I, I mean when I say that? Yeah. You just kind of like throw it all out there and with no real targeting, no real idea what you're doing. Let's just try a bunch of different stuff and something's got to work. Yeah. Like, you know, if I could get on Oprah, I'd be rich because, sure. you know, there's well, X. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. I would want my book. Yeah. <laughs> sure. No, I get that. Yeah. yeah. That's probably, I mean, this is probably, I don't know, looking at the list of things, this might be, and this is just my take on this. Is this the, 
maybe the the most common problem with with small business owners because they just either like oh I should do this so let's just throw this up against the wall and see if it sticks. I mean, they're all problems. This one is the the less sophisticated marketing wise the business is, the more common this is. So if if someone really doesn't know what they're doing with marketing, then all of a sudden a sales pitch like this sounds wonderful. Okay, we're gonna get your ad in front of mm-hmm. you know fifty thousand local people. Yeah. You well, know. you're right. Then you're then you're much more easily sold because you don't really know what you're doing. So that does sound great. Yeah, maybe I can send your email to. 200,000 local customers, or I can distribute your ad on this text messaging list to, you know, 5,000 local people. Mm-hmm. Sounds wonderful. Uh, Sign me up. Yeah. And depending on your business, by the way, it might work. But for most businesses, we're pretty targeted in who we're going after. Just putting our ad out in front of everyone really makes no difference. Now, I will make an exception for something that is justified more as a, a donation and not really marketing. So, you know, if you're putting an ad in your child's holiday party program, yeah. great. Let's yeah. not let's not kid ourselves though, right? <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. So that that's an exception. But most people will just put it out there. Same with like TV and radio advertising sound wonderful based on impressions. Basically, here's the pitch. Yeah, that's the key word impression. So when an ad rep starts talking about how many impressions you're going to get if you can't figure out how that impression turns into cash in the bank and how many are going to, it's a completely irrelevant stat. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because then you're just... You, impressions mean... You're right. It mean nothing if there's no action behind it. It's like likes on Facebook. It is. Yeah. You're trying to deposit those in the bank. So like we're... our page. <laughs> you still see that sometimes. Or you'll drive by a bank and then the, the you know it'll tell you what the temperature is and it'll say, like us on Facebook. Yeah. I... Really? I like, I like that those you know digital signs tell me the time and temperature when I have that right in my car already. Good use of marketing dollars <laughs> on that one. Exactly. <laughs> or on your watch. <laughs> we have a client, actually, that you know, programs those billboards, and I guarantee they don't put time and temp up there. Um, so spray and pray we see a lot. Uh, you really want targeted. Uh, less numbers is more. So there's you know my business. If you've seen us, you know we exhibit at events. Uh, from my consulting, uh, marketing consulting. And we've gone to events where there's, you know, under 200 people. And cost per head is outrageous, but they're the right 200 people, so it's worth it. You know, I could have run an ad in some major publication for the same price, probably a national publication. But it's, you know, this is much more targeted and direct. Um, I've been in a room where two people have showed up to a workshop before. But they both spent money and it was worthwhile because they were the right two people. So we got to be really careful when we start looking at impressions and, and when we're evaluating marketing opportunities because there's something new every day, especially you know, digital-wise. There's something new on the radar. Now, the next problem becomes how we're controlling marketing processes. So if we have decided, hey, we're going to stop doing stop and go, we're going to be consistent, we're going to stop doing spray and pray, we're going to be more targeted, all of a sudden it sounds like you know, we have more to do. And of course, once you get things under control, you want to ramp up. So you want to add more and more and more. So then we run into the problem of, is this manually controlled? Something we have to think about every time? Or is it automatic? Not everything can be automatic as much as I'd like it to be. <laughs> you, yeah, you. if the whole world could be automated. I, I would love that. Yeah, it's true. You would. As long as 
you know, the automation people are still getting If there paid. was an automation machine that would go and get you a Diet Coke when you needed one and brought it right, I mean, it's called a robot probably, but well, I mean, it, <laughs> at the risk of offending, there's you know, staff members for that. If that's true. Be. Yeah. I do get my own drinks, <laughs> but uh, our current office ninja, Monica, actually was, I was asking her duties at her previous job and, you know, fetching the owner's coffee was one of them. You know, to each their own. Yeah, <laughs> true. There you go. <laughs> um, so we want to at least get everything as automatic that automated that can be. Um, the other thing is we just want a calendar that's reminding us on the manual tasks. So things that have to be done manually won't get done unless there's time budgeted to them and they're written down. You know, I'm a schedule person. If it's not on the schedule, it doesn't get done. You know, work expands to fit time allotted is one of my favorite sayings, and it, it couldn't be more true. Got only got one thing to do today. Guess what? It'll take all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got ten things to do. Good chance we'll get through most of them. Okay. Um, next problem we see is no control of the sales process or the outcomes, and this kind of just ties into the others. Uh, you know, with spray and pray, we have absolutely no control of of what happens afterwards. Um, we want to make sure we have a process every time a lead is generated all the way through to a sale or whatever our intended outcome is. Why do we do all this? Sanity for one, growth, but more importantly, we have some predictability in the business. You ever had to provide a bank with like uh, forecasted budgets and cash flow mm-hmm. and all this stuff? Yeah. That's real fun to do. Yeah. So we had to do that when we were buying this building here. It's really difficult to do uh, for a a tiny entrepreneurial business. Well, it is. And it's even harder than to be accurate in those. (laughs) Yeah. Frankly, I feel like we were lying because, you know, there's no basis for most of it. It's if this goes right and this goes right and this goes right and this goes right and this goes right. There's a lot of assumptions. If this this works, then this. There's a good chance that, you know, we'll be close to here. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But if we have a process and we know when and approximately how many leads we're going to dump in, we do have a pretty good idea of, of cash flow and client flow. So that's why we want to make sure that you know, we have systems in place and as much as automated as possible. So by having those systems in place, you after a while, you can r- predictably know if I do this, I should get this kind of result. Yeah, you have a pretty good idea of, you know, in sales terms, what's in your pipeline and what it's worth. And so. when you know how many people are going to be in that pipeline over time, you should be able to say, I'll get, I'll, I'll close this many, I'll do this much business where you should be able to repeat it and at least have a rough idea. Yeah. If you want to get granular, you know, a, a properly set up pipeline with reporting on it, we're getting really deep in the tech trenches now, but you know, it has different stages. So a, a brand new lead that popped their head up and requested info, we have a you know, 5% chance of closing them. Average sales worth X number of dollars. So this lead at this stage is worth this much. And then each stage has that. And at the end of the day, we have the full value of the entire pipeline. And uh, that, that's very powerful when it comes to uh, designing the business. It also lets you know how much you can spend on marketing to get there. Here's just kind of a fun question, and it kind of goes back to stop and go marketing. So when I come in and try and find ways and opportunity to grow a business, one of the things I'll always ask is, what have you done in the past that worked that you're not doing now? You want to know? And do people have an answer? Or Everyone has an answer. And then is your follow-up, why aren't you still doing of that? Of course it is. And there's usually no good reason. You know, my, you, know, you know what I would say. 
because that's how I am. I would be like, I got busy and I didn't do it. it I mean, I'm, I'm oh, yeah, like cognizant I said, no good enough. <laughs> I, exactly. That's what I mean. I'm cognizant of it and aware that it is the right thing to do. It's amazing how it's almost like I'm adverse to making more money sometimes. I'm like, I'm too busy dealing with the clients I have or. Well, we need a guest on that because there's huge psychological component there. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like the, the psychological feeling. And I had this after, like when I made the last payment to you for your business, when I bought it, like the next month, I felt like I should take a several days off just to like hang out because <laughs> I had already done all the work. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I, now I got to start paying myself more. Oh, I mean, by, by the way. So speaking of, you know, fitting into what's allotted. So all of a sudden you're not making a payment to me. Did you feel like you got any more money the next month? No. Yeah. I didn't figure. Not really. So I mean, I did increase my salary a little bit, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, hey, because my wife thought that. Well, suddenly, well, we'll we have, all think that we'll have this exit, man. I'm yeah. like, no, I'm, I mean, I was somewhat smart. I think I tried to, hey, let's spend a little more on advertising and let's maybe buy some new equipment, things that address things that that maybe I'd put off because I didn't want to spend the money. But yeah, overall, it was like, how did I, it became more of like, how did we make that payment every month? And it was always, yep. you know, yep. it's like, where did that come from? Now, where is it now? It's kind of funny. Yeah. Cause it just kind of disappeared into the ethernet. You yeah. Know? This is, I mean, if this is kind of a profit first type discussion, the psychology behind it, but uh, interesting, <clears throat> but yeah, there's always something people stop doing. It could be, they don't have time. It could be, they didn't enjoy it, but didn't put someone else in place. Um, a lot of people have come to me with the wrong question. They, they come at, up at a, a conference or a seminar and, you know, how do I stop doing this? And the this they're talking about is actually working really well. You know, the question really should be, you know, can someone else do this for me? Um, but we're going to take a quick break here. Coming up after the break, uh, how to hold your marketing dollars accountable. So how do we dig in and justify what's good, what's bad and keep track of it? And now, now, back to the Profit 911 podcast with your host, Justin Miller. All right, we're back and we're talking about how random acts of marketing are killing your business. Now, we jumped through a bunch of different things that are sins, <laughs> a bunch of different sins in business that are uh, causing uh, your bottom line to suffer. So stop and go marketing, spray and pray, not having a predictable process and ultimately having no control whatsoever of your business growth. And uh, you're sabotaging yourself one way or another, regardless of whether you're doing it on purpose. But now let's talk a little more about, you know, the accountability behind it and how we figure out what's working, what's not. And this is a problem, too, because when someone comes to sell you advertising, you know, the sales reps always want to take all the credit for a new customer. 
Oh yeah, because whatever they sold you, that that's what did it. It worked. Yeah, absolutely. Or you know, we we distributed it, and that was our job. And beyond that, mm-hmm. so we, we see this all the time. And you know, in marketing, we call that uh, sales attribution. So in the digital space, it's a little more, it's a little easier to understand um, sales attribution. You know, who, what ad source accounts for the sale. So most people are going to see or hear about you multiple times. We know that. We know it takes a lot of touches to hit a sale, right? So maybe they saw you on Facebook, maybe they saw a Google ad, etc. So a lot of times we attribute the sale to the very last place they saw you. And we do that with like phone number tracking or click tracking. It's pretty easy to see the last place they came from. You know, they called this number off this ad. You know, we attribute the sale to that ad when maybe we shouldn't have attributed all of it to it. You know, maybe that was just kind of the final thing. You know, or, you know, we got you... 2,000 visitors to your website. You know, so hey, we have a client that's really big in SEO right now for his website. And uh, we brought in our copywriter and, and did kind of a strategy session with him. And you know, the bottom line thing that always has to be looked at that the numbers don't reflect is, do the eyeballs that came to the site matter? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's like, we'll get you 10,000 Instagram followers. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, we got, we got traffic. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's about the topic that your business is, but are they buyers? You know, and, th- and that's tough. Or the, the opposite of, you know, last attribution is first attribution. So when did they first pop up on our radar and we give all the credit there? Yeah. Because that's where the lead was, quote unquote, generated. Um, and the bottom line is there's no right or wrong, but you can't give everything to one spot. Because the funny thing is, if you try and do that and you listen to all your ad reps, you know, I got you 10 clients, I got you 10 clients, I got you 10 clients. Say you had three ad reps. At the end of the year, you had 20 clients. But if you listen to them, you had 30 or 40. <laughs> this yeah, is, a, this is a problem. Yeah. And it's a huge problem when we're trying to, you know, budget and justify what ads should run and shouldn't. So back when we did a lot of yellow page advertising, ha <laughs> ha. Um, <laughs> you know, we put a different phone number in each book. You know, this was the DJ business. So every single phone book, every ad, we ran different phone number. And then at the end of the year, I could run call tracking on those phone numbers and figure out how many people called them and, you know, brutally justify whether or not we need to be in that book. Now, this was towards the tail end of Yellow Pages. So it was where they weren't really working as is. <laughs> but, it, you know, that was a gut feeling. I, di- I didn't have the fact so the next year, I'd have the fact, and I said, okay, so throughout the course of 12 months, we had six phone calls. They were from these people. Uh, two or three of them were a competitor, so they were just looking up our phone number, and uh, the other three aren't clients. Okay, that becomes pretty easy to say we don't need in the book. You know, now the rep's going to say, well, people saw it. It helped brand you, et cetera, and you got to look at that, but most of the times that isn't justified for a small business. Well, yeah, you do need some brand awareness, but you just as importantly and more importantly need sales, you need conversions. Well, and you know what was really neat? So we put all those tracking numbers. There were probably six books in our area at the time. Um, I think there still are. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there were any. I keep, re- like, recycle them. Like every three months, they just end up on my doorstep. Yeah, just, just selling ads. Well, the neat part is, you know, the book, you probably notice they keep getting thinner and yeah, thinner. Yeah. So the second year after we ran all the tracking numbers, the other books grabbed the listing. They stole each other's listings. So we ended up with multiple listings and all of a sudden we couldn't track anymore because they were running the other numbers that they found because they're trying to bulk up the book. Sure. 
Yeah. Now, how many people are paying to be oh, in there? Yeah. I have no idea. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So kind of skews your. Well, yeah. yeah, and it shows you that you know, probably the majority of numbers in there are BS and aren't paying anyway. Yeah. But so that shows you there's no value there. Um, the other thing we see, so back to kind of how to fix these problems, is we see a lot of one and done marketing offers, meaning I'm going to run this ad once in this place and offer X and track it and see and then drop it if it doesn't work. Sounds wonderful. One and done's pretty difficult though, depending upon your product or service category. We typically deal with high value service providers, so large transaction values. Um, and one and done really doesn't work for them. One and done works for like an e- low ticket e-commerce type offer. You see a random ad and it's a low enough price point and you say, oh, that's dumb, but I'll buy it. You know, mm-hmm. those type of things. Um, that's not typically the space I'm working in. So I'm not referring to that. I'm referring to something that has a thought process into buying it and usually requires repeated contact and follow-up. One and done can hurt you there. So repeated exposure does matter there. Uh, It builds trust. It's showing up where your customers and prospects are. It's just being close. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, there's a podcast right now called The Proximity Principle. I don't know if you've heard that I've not listened to it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's about kind of career for the most part, but it's, you know, being around people that are doing what you want to do, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing in marketing. You want to be around where your prospects are and just kind of hang out. Because that's know? what I've always loved to do is hang out with other yeah. DJs. Yeah, cockroach. <laughs> well, your DJs aren't your clients, so that's not well, what that, I think. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. People, Some people would interpret it as, oh, hang out with other people in your industry. You're talking about being where your clients are at, so yes. when, when they need you, you're top of mind and you're aware to them. Yes, you got it. Um, so never do one and done. Also, you want to have multi-step, multi-media follow-up. So here's the bottom line. And, and this is you know, what my company, Profit 91, does is, is follow-up. So it sounds biased, but it's, it's 100% true, is that follow-up, even multi-media, multi-step, costs less than lead generation. But it appears, and I, and I agree with you now because I learned that the hard way over the last couple of years, to the uninitiated person who's learning this or is trying to get good at this, it seems like it's the exact opposite at the beginning because you don't really understand how it works. Well, right. Well, you need both, right? You Mm -hmm. have to generate leads or there's no one to follow up with. So you can't put the cart before the horse. You just get something out there and get it working and get some money in first. Um, But if you break that down to how many customers you bring in, half the value is in the follow-up at least. So everyone, as Dan Kennedy saying that we've used, everyone's got more unconverted leads than they do customers. It's it's always true. Um, by the way, when I say multi-step, multimedia, I mean multimedia meaning not just email. Maybe it's email, direct mail. Maybe it's phone calls and emails. Uh, more than one type of way, so we don't rely on one. Multi-step meaning we don't just reply once to whatever the inquiry was and then let them disappear. We keep following up as long as is financially justified, which depends for different companies. Could be, it might be a couple of weeks, or it might be six months, or it might be a year. It, it completely depends. All right, so leaving half the potential sales on the table, we got that. Oh, here's here's the other thing that always comes into play. And and someone out there is thinking it right now. Yes, but my business is different. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge Dan Kennedy follower, so it's, it's drilled in my head that your business is not different. <laughs> uh, 
And lo and behold, when I dig into the businesses one-on-one, they're not different. No. I mean, businesses, I mean, th- there is some differences in all businesses, but you're right. At the, at the core, we're all somewhat similar. Yeah. The process is the same. Human psychology is the same. What you're selling may be different. Your process might be slightly different tweaked. But principles are principles. Mm-hmm. So you got a list of like five things not to ever do again. You got some ways to hold your dollars accountable. What you do with it is pretty much up to you at this point. But in a nutshell, this is, this is enough to make a major impact on your business. If you go through and you know, write this down, take some notes, and actually do these things. And a lot of you might be thinking, yeah, I know all these things already. But there's always room for improvement. You always want to look at the process. Um, this is what makes the difference. I mean, it's those little hinges that swing big doors. Yeah, it isn't the new hot social media thing, or it isn't the new ad rep that came into your office. It is the it is literally these things and doing them well and doing them consistently. Yeah, you want to know like some of the business owners that I meet with, the ones that are most successful and putting the most money in their pockets in the end. They're often boring businesses. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are boring people, but... <laughs> yeah. No, you're exactly right, though. I mean, you would be really surprised if you dig into some of these businesses and you see the real numbers. Um, the flashiness, the uh, latest and greatest, isn't always what it's cracked up to be. You know, it's solid principles and how it works. Uh, any follow-ups before I close this one out? No, I think those are, I mean, you're right. It's maybe not sexy and it might not be like, oh, I, what can I do in 2020 to make my business better? These are some very simple yet in-depth things that you can do that if you spend a couple hours working on it and then a couple hours a week following up on it, I think it makes a huge difference. And if you're too lazy to do that and that's too much, get a post-it note, write down like the three or four things you're never going to do again and just hang it up. So next time you're evaluating an ad, you have something to evaluate it by. That makes sense. So if you are a high value service provider and you want my personal help with this, this is what we do. Uh, I can do a process audit for you. It takes about an hour. Uh, If we've never talked before, that is complimentary. Just email me, justin at profit911.biz. That is my personal email address. I will see it. I will reach out to you uh, or go to our website and there's a link to schedule that. Um, Coming up next week, we're going to have our first live guest, Brian Durkin. We're going to talk about, can it be outsourced? So the more you listen to me, the more you hear that I'm a fan of outsourcing certain processes and tasks. So coming up next week, Brian Durkin, can it be outsourced? Don't miss it. And we'll talk next week. Thanks for listening to the Profit 911 Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave your comments. For more information on how Profit 911 Consulting can help grow your service business, visit Profit911.biz.